Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Forever, O Lord, your word, it is settled in heaven. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word shall not pass away. Last week we were teaching on the subject, how to make your faith work like God's faith. And so we are continuing today. Amen? How to make your faith work like God's faith. Like God's faith. We're going to take a slight little turn along the same pathway, but however we will go a little bit more into how to function in God's faith. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Mark eleven twenty two says, have faith in God. Have the God kind of faith. Have faith from where God is. Amen? And um, so this is a very brief recap. Number one, we must have the God kind of faith. <laughs> Would you say it's the God kind of faith that works? Yes. Amen? God faith works, do you think? I mean, he made the heavens and the earth. Mark eleven twenty two says, have faith in God, which is to say have the God kind of faith. To have the God kind of faith, you must operate from where God is. And the truth is, where God is, is where you are also. Your life is hid with Christ in God. In Him we live and move and have our being. You have been raised up together with Christ, and you have been made to sit together with Him in heavenly places. Amen? You have access to the very throne room of God through the blood of Christ and through the veil of his flesh that was torn into the very holiest of holies. So to have the faith, the faith, the God kind of faith, you must operate from where God is. You must not be speaking from this natural, physical realm. You must not be acting and speaking as if you're just a mere man. But you must recognize that you are the son of the living God. Amen? We are not mere men, and that is why we do not allow ourselves to be occupied in carnality. Amen? That's what carnal people do. But we've been raised up. So you must operate from that place where God is, in order, and you, and you must operate with a God kind of faith. And that means you must see the way God sees. Amen? You got to see with the way God sees. And what God sees, God is not in denial about what's happening in your life. God is not in denial in what's happening in the earth. Amen? Amen. And, and, what's and the problems and the challenges that you face. The Father knows if you have need of these things. But he said, that not, must not be your focus. Your focus needs to be on seeking first the kingdom of God. And these things will be added unto you. Amen. God is aware of the life afflictions. But he said, don't let that be your, fix, your, your focus. But be looking at the things that are not seen. As opposed to the things that are seen. Amen? So you got to see the way things, the way God sees things. And the way God sees it, God sees it according as it is settled in heaven. Psalms 119 verse 8 and 9 says the word of God is forever settled in heaven. Hallelujah. The, the way God sees it, God sees according to what is already finished. Jesus on the cross cried out prophetically, it is finished, it is done, reconciliation has taken place, everything has been reconciled to God's original intent, the price has been fully paid, so that those that believe in me can have total, complete freedom. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So that you got to see as God sees. 
And in order to do that, you got to sit upon the, you got to meditate in the word of God to see what God sees. Hallelujah. And then as you see what God sees, and you, and as a result, you begin to think the way God thinks. So you operate from and in the mind of Christ, and then you begin to talk like God. And to talk like God means, means that now you begin to speak to the mountain. You're not begging God to speak to the mountain. You're not asking God to do what he's given you, what he's told you to do, and give you the authority to do. He didn't say, talk to me about the mountain. You might get some revelation and some understanding as to what you ought to do and, and, and what's involved in the mountain and, and how you ought to function and what, what, are, what are your next steps. But at the end of the day, he says, you speak to the mountain and you command the mountain according to the desires of your heart, what it is you desire. You command the mountain to be removed. You command the mountain to be cast into the sea and you do not doubt in your heart. Amen. And um. Matthew 17, verse 20 says, Then if you would operate in that God kind of faith, you would operate where you where you speaking with authority from where God is and not doubting in your heart. He says, Nothing shall be impossible unto you. Yes. Amen. Now that being the case, it is the devil's it is devil's responsibility to his to himself and his own purpose to stop you in your faith. Amen. And it is our responsibility to not let him stop us in our faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So all this, having the, having the God kind of faith, um, operating from where God is, seeing as God sees, thinking as God thinks, and talking like God, operating in that authority, that is the very essence of righteousness in its reality. Oneness with God, functioning from that place, talking like God, knowing what your rights are. Operating from a place where you know you've been reconciled, you're forgiven. There is no guilt and condemnation and insecurity and inferiority. God don't have any shame. No. Why should you? No. If as he is, so are you in this world. Yeah. So all of that, all of that there is about righteousness. Which is, which is why I, I say and I will say again, righteousness is first is the foundation of your faith. But, and why do I say that? The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 1, for instance, that we have received like precious faith, just like the apostle Peter or James or John or any, or any of the, the, the great people of God. We have received like precious faith, but it says through the righteousness of God. So righteousness, operating in this oneness with God, is the foundation of your faith. But not only is it the foundation of your faith, it is also the springboard of your faith. That is why it will say in Romans chapter 1 and verse 17, from faith to faith. From faith to faith. Righteousness, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. And it comes to you by faith when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. But it also will move you into greater levels of faith as you learn to operate and function in this oneness that you have with God. This freedom from guilt and condemnation and insecurity. Functioning as if sin has never touched your life. As if it has never been. And then functioning from this place where you know your authority and you're speaking in his name. And functioning from this place where you know that all these promises are yes and amen. They belong to you. You've got a right. I belong in the house. I'm a child of God. I'm a joint heir with Christ. I'm an heir of God. All things are mine. I've got a right. Yeah. Amen? You get me? So as you begin to function from righteousness, righteousness is the foundation of your faith, but it is also the springboard that will take you to greater measures of faith. And so we were talking about Abraham. We were looking at Abraham. Let's flip over there right now. Romans chapter 4 and verse 17. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Romans chapter 4 and verse 17. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I've got the keys of hell and death. That's what Jesus said. And guess what? Whatever belongs to him belongs to us. All right, Romans chapter 4 and verse 17. Verse 16, there, there is, it is a faith that it might be by grace, so that this way the promises of God are available to all the seed. Whoever wants to believe, once you're a child of God and you believe, by faith, the grace of God is now available to you. Amen? To all the seed. Verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead, and called those things that be not as though they were. Now, as we were discussing last week, um, which is, you know, how how, how to, to have the God kind of faith, how to 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 operate in God's faith, like God, so to speak. How to make your faith work like God. And when we come to this section here in Romans chapter 4, there are two significant and main points that are important in order for you to operate and make your faith like God's faith. Amen? And it's number 1, verse 17. I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom we believe, even God, who quickened the dead and called those things that be not as though they were. The Amplified says, I have made, talking to Abraham, I have made you the father of many nations. He was appointed of our father in the sight of God, in whom we believe, who gives life to the dead. He's all powerful. And he speaks of the non-existent things as though, as though they already exist. That which is not, is not existent here on the earth, he speaks of it as if it already exists. But why did he do that? Is he playing games? Is he lying? No. God speaks of the non-existent things here as if they already exist because they do exist in the realm of the spirit. You may have sickness and disease in your body, and so the healing doesn't exist here. But God will say, by his, but God will say to you, he because he's not lying. But he is saying, because you are healed and it exists here. Amen. Now, when we believe the way God believes, and we see it as already existing, so that no matter what it looks here, we begin to declare and decree and believe according to what already exists, that's the number one, that's the first key in regards to functioning in the faith of God. Yes, Are you with me? Yes. Now the second key goes on to say in um, verse 19, talking about Abraham, not being weak in faith, he considered not, you see, God said to Abraham, I've made you a father of many nations, when he had no children. In other words, God said, you've got a multitude of children. How could God say that? Because in the spirit, he already did. How do you mean he already had a multitude of children in the spirit? Because God said so. Amen. And if God said it, it is. Are you with me? That's the power of the word of God. That's why all you need is just one word from God. Amen. And you can turn this wall, this word, down side up. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But you need to understand that. And Abraham believed that. No kids. But he sees the way God sees him, and he sees himself as having a multitude of children. Father of many nations. All right. So that's the secret number one. Calling what doesn't exist here, the way it exists in the realm of the spirit. Then number two, verse 19. Being not weak in faith, Abraham considered not his own body now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither did he consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. He considered not. He considered not the problem. He considered not what it looks like. He considered not that which was not existent. 
Robo is not existing here. He considered not the magnitude of the problem and, the, and all of that stuff and the circumstances and the symptoms and the doctor's report and all the research. He didn't consider that. And because of that, he staggered not to the promise of God. Had he considered those things, how old he was and Sarah and the problems and the symptoms and what's going on and what happens to so-and-so and, and all of that, he would have staggered. He would have, it would have breed unbelief. It would have breed anxiety. It would have breed doubt. It would have breed fear. And instead of using his faith to receive from God, he'd have to be using his faith to overcome the doubt and the unbelief. When he hasn't even started. The Bible says you receive. When you pray, believe you receive and you should have it. Whoever shall speak to the mountain like God and doubt not. Amen? And when you're busy considering all the circumstances, it will breed doubt, unbelief, and anxiety. So Abraham considered not the, the, the deadness of Sarah's womb or his own body that is a hundred years old. And as a result, he staggered not at the promise of God. And he was not weak in faith as a result. Had he done that, he would have been weak in faith. But why, what he did, he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So the second principle that is important to function in, in, the, in, in the faith of God, faith like God, God's kind of faith, is not to consider and ponder and, 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 and become an expert on the details of the problem. But rather, consider God. But in that light, the, 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 uh, and, and I'm like, well, what was also important is, is, and it did come out, that we must, mag it's not that we are in that denial. We're not saying the problem doesn't exist. But we say, number one, that we are saying, number one, that God is far bigger than whatever problem I'm dealing with. Amen. And we are also, we also not making the problem the primary thing. We are not being fixated on the problem. We don't run to the problem first. As when we, even when we hear about bad news, immediately we begin to think God is greater. We begin, as soon as that we hear that, as soon as that doctor comes and, he's, and he looks funny in his face, we, we already said about ourselves, I know in whom report I have believed. My God is greater. Amen. Our first response is thanksgiving. Our first response is God is. Yeah. Yes, Lord. Are you with me? And that first response makes a huge difference. Amen? Amen. It's a, it makes a huge difference. All right. I gave you the wallet example last week. Let's move right along. All right. So let's continue today. And let's, and let's shift a little bit more um, into how do you function in this God kind of faith. Amen? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to God. What are the practical implications <laughs> if you're going to function like this, if you're going to operate in this God kind of faith, you know, considering not the, the, the natural, but considering and magnifying and focusing on God and His greatness and putting Him first, and what and having your, your mind fixed on what exists, not what don't exist in the natural. Having your mind fixed and looking on to Jesus. What are the implications? Let's begin to look at it, okay? Because when you understand the implications, in other words, this is how you're going to have to be. This is how you're going to have to function. Psalms 138 says, God says, I will magnify my word above all his name. Amen. Amen? Now let me say something. You know, we talk about magnifying God. Can we make God bigger than he actually is? No. no. If you have a magnifying glass, 
and you're looking at an object underneath a magnifying glass, is that object any bigger? Because you're looking at it through a magnifying glass. No, it's not. But what do you see? It becomes bigger within your imagination, within your mind, and in your heart. Amen? So the scripture says, Psalm 70 verse 4, that if you love your salvation, if you love and desire the, 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 the power of God, the wisdom of God, deliverance, healing, wholeness, prosperity, salvation, if you love salvation, you need to say continually, let the Lord be magnified. You need to put a magnifying glass over the promises of God, over the word of God, and, what is, and who God is, and make that big in your heart. Far bigger than the problem. You see? You see, the Bible says God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. But it's according to the power that is at work within us. And the power that is at work within us is according to our believing. Are you with me? Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Magnify the God side and minimize the natural side. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nothing is too difficult for God. Amen. The Bible says in Jeremiah 32 verse 17, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens yeah. and the earth. By your great power, nothing is too hard or difficult for you. Amen. It is but a small thing to God, whatever it is. He is infinite in power. He is so infinite in power that Jesus said that when he cast out the devil, if he did it by the finger of God, that's the finger, that's this little pinky here. Can you imagine if he had used his whole hand? <laughs> right? But the Bible says the hand of the Lord is upon you. Amen. Amen? Nothing is too difficult for God. Say that with me. Nothing is too difficult for God. Hallelujah. So you see, we got to get that mindset and we got to think and talk that way. So Mark 11, 22 says, faith, about have faith in God before it ever says to speak to the mountain. Have faith in God. And I'll tell you why it is in verse 23. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. Many times those, that scripture doesn't work for people. But is it because that scripture is not the truth? It is the truth. But because for one thing, when they go and execute that scripture, they are, they're, their heart can be filled with all kinds of doubt. They try to execute Mark 11.23 without Mark 11.22. Are you with me? Without having the faith in God, the faith of God, the faith from God, and functioning from that place where they are magnifying God, minimizing the problem, seeing what exists in the realm of the spirit, having a scripture that they're standing on before they begin to speak and talk. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. And sometimes, sometimes their prayer and their declaration is one of panic. Mm -hmm. Panic, why? Because the problem has been shouting and screaming at them. And that is what fills their heart, and now they go trying to operate in faith. Are you with me? Now, I, I believe in doing something and doing nothing. I believe that if you're in a situation, man, and you got to go, fake it and fake it. <laughs> but if it doesn't work, don't go blaming God. <laughs> Are you with me? <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
to know, you need to know this. You need to know that it is God that is going to perform the miracle. It is God. You see, here is it. Let's turn to Luke chapter 6 just for a moment. Yeah. Mm, all right. Do this. Luke chapter 6. Yes, Luke chapter 6. Mm. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm missing something. Something I'm missing. Oh, Praise you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless your name forevermore. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Bless your name. Glory. Hallelujah. Okay, Luke chapter 17. You see, you need to understand that. You see, when you see, what are the, we have a fear of failure. What if I say, what if I speak to the mountain and the mountain don't move? What if, what if I say, Lazarus, come forth, and he doesn't come forth? <laughs> Are you with me? <laughs> that fear of failure, embarrassment, looking like a fool. <laughs> so, you know, we, 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 we either don't say nothing or we, we, or we talk wrong and we, we back up and we shrink. But you see, you need to know, Jesus said, it said in, um, in, in Isaiah chapter 9 and 1 verse 6, that the government is on his shoulder. Amen? Amen? It also says that God watches over his word to perform it. Amen. It also says that um, it's God that get it, get it done. It's the kingdom. It's not you. It's not your problem. Amen. Your responsibility is to obey God, obey the word, and speak to the mountain, and operate in faith. Yes. Faith is your responsibility. Amen. Faith is the right response to God's ability. Amen. Are you with me? That's your responsibility. Yes. Fulfillment is God's responsibility, yes. not yours. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me show you this quickly. Luke chapter 17. The Jesus, the, Jesus had told the disciples, forgive seven to them, seven in a day, and they thought, man, are you? I mean, like, hey, I'm going to need some faith for this. And they said, Jesus, verse 6, verse, verse 5, increase our faith. And so Jesus told them, he said, if your faith is a greater mustard seed, what are you going to do? You're going to say to this mountain, to this sycamore tree, be plucked up from the roots, and be thou planted in the sea, and it shall obey you. You're going to say what it is you desire. And it shall obey you. Now, at first glance, it looks like Jesus was saying, you're going to say to this sycamore tree, what it is you desire to take place, healing to take place, whatever the case is, and it will obey you. That sycamore tree, that mountain, that sickness, that disease will obey you. Well, yes, it will obey you. But let's understand this. He goes on to say, it's more than just it obeying you. But which of you having a servant plowing, 
or feeding cattle, will say unto them by and by when he's come in from the field, go and sit down to me. The servant come home and he say, all right, come on, you sit down, you get something to eat, you relax, chill out. Or will you not say unto the same servant, okay, now that you're in and you're finished with the cattle, <laughs> make ready where I may sup, where might I might eat, and gird yourself and serve me. Till I have eaten and drunken, and afterwards, then you go feed yourself. Amen? Does he thank the servant because he, because he did the things that were commit, commanded him? I think not. So likewise, etc., etc. What's that all about? What in the world does that have to do with increase your faith? And whosoever shall say to this sycamore tree, be plucked up from the roots and be cast into the sea, and it will obey you. What does that have to do with it? What he is saying is this. God has given you faith as a gift. God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Um, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13. Um, God has given unto us the same spirit of faith according as it is written. 2 Peter 1, verse 1. We have received like precious faith, etc., etc. But God has given you this faith because he knows that you're going to need this faith in order to please him. You're going to need this faith in order to use that arm of faith and reach into the realm of the spirit where you've got to obtain, where you have an inheritance and where you've got all these promises and all of this provision. He knows that you're going to need that faith to reach into that realm and pull it into manifestation. He knows that you're going to need that faith in dealing with the devils and demons. He knows that you're going to need that faith in order to deal with the mountains and the sycamore tree and the storms of life and the challenges that come and the tests and the trials and the pressure and the situations. So he's giving it to you as a gift. And he says, my faith, this faith that I'm giving to you so that you can believe what's not even seen but you can believe according to the word. I'm giving it to you and it's your servant. It's your servant. Who does it obey? God? Us. No, it's your servant. And if you don't release and send the servant out, he's not going nowhere. So what happens is, that servant of faith now, according to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3, it says, through faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God. So that the things that are seen were not made of the things which do appear. What were they made of? Faith is the substance. Faith is the parent of everything out there. So what happened is, when faith comes to that mountain, or that situation, or that crooked leg, or that broken relationship, when faith comes to that situation, faith that came from the very word of God, that came right out of God and be given to you as a gift and as a servant, when faith comes against that problem, that problem has no choice but to obey faith, because faith is its spirit. You understand that? So what happened now is, but God has given faith to you as a servant. And he says, this is how it works. They say, Lord, increase our faith. He says, here is how it works. You want to increase your faith? Right? You want that servant to become very effective? You want to increase your faith? Put that servant to work. Yes. Keep saying. Keep putting him to work. When he comes back and he finished taking care of the finances, he finished taking care of the cattle, when he comes back and he finished, and he found your, he just found your keys, when, don't, don't, just, don't just let him go to sleep. And they don't feed, he said, no, come feed me, that's about the situation you need to deal with. Amen. Use your faith every, all the time. Yes. 
Exercise. Exercise your faith. So what do you say? If you are fed as a sycamore tree, you're going to say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and it shall obey you. What will really obey you is your faith that will obey you. And because the sycamore tree is, is subject to the faith, the sycamore tree will obey your faith, and indirectly, the sycamore tree will obey you. You get that? So it's not wrong for me to, 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 to say to my faith, to say to the sycamore tree, you're going to obey me. I, I, you are going to obey me. Did you hear what I'm saying? Sickness, you're not allowed to. You, oh, get out of here in Jesus' name. By his stripes, I'm here. But you see, I know I might someday arrogant. But it's not obeying me because of me. It's obeying me because of the faith of God that is in me, that has been given to me as a gift and as a servant. Amen? You get it? All right. Is that a good rabbit trail? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Glory to God. Let's go see if we can find some more rabbits. <laughs> All right. So you got to know, you need to know that it is God that performs it, not you. The government is on his shoulder. He is the one that watched over his word to perform it. So told me to Isaiah chapter 46. You say, well, what is that? Well, how, I, you, you say, wait a minute, you're confusing me. You confuse, no, I'm not confusing you. <laughs> There's a particular man of God that says, I'm not confusing you. You were confused when you got here. I'm not saying that. That's not true. <laughs> 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 <Right? laughs> um, but anyway, in the sense that I'm saying it's not you that the sycamore tree is obeying, it's your faith. Yeah. But because your faith is your servant, it looks like it's obeying you. And it's okay for you to have that mindset. But yet I'm saying, it is, um, it is God that performs it. Well, you see, it's God's faith that he's given to you. And what happens is that faith causes God to perform. Are you with me? Amen? Let me prove that very quickly. The Bible says in second, no, sorry, Galatians 3 verse 5. Um, he that does miracles among you, how does he do it? Does he do it by the works of the law? Or does he do it by the hearing of faith? Amen? In fact, okay, I'm not quoting that accurately. So let me flip over there. Galatians 3, verse 5, and be a little bit more accurate. Cabo, let's say, come on. All right, so it says in Galatians 3, verse 5, He that ministers to you the Spirit and works miracles among you, doing it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. He that ministers the Spirit, that spirit of God who is a performer. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. He that works miracles. Who works miracles? The Holy Ghost. Is that right? Amen. But how does he do it? Does he do it by the works of the law? Does he do it because you're so cute? Does he do it because of, 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 um, of your works? You know, because you've been so gracious. You stood in the corner and you helped all these people to cross the street <laughs> safely. I mean, and you do it, I mean, you, I mean, you volunteer at, at the mission services continually. And that's good, you ought to do that. But he doesn't perform miracles because you've been a Sunday school teacher for 24 years, 26 years. Yeah. Amen? Because you never miss church and you shouldn't. <laughs> right? But he performed miracles. Why? By the hearing of faith. Who has to hear faith? Me? No. The Holy Ghost has to hear faith. Are you with me? Yeah. 
And when he hears faith, he performs. You get that? Yes. He is a performer. Psalm 138, I believe, verse 8, says he performs all things for us. Or Psalm 57, verse 2, sorry. He performs all things for us. Whatever it is you need to get done in your life, it's the Holy Ghost that performs it. It's not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit. But what gets him to move to perform? Faith. That gift that God has given to you as a servant. So when your faith goes out there, and it moves, it's the faith that causes God to move and the mountain to move. Yes. You get it? Right? So clear it up. There's no confusion. <laughs> All right? Are you with me? Is that, is that okay? Amen. All right. So Isaiah 40, 46. Let's speak of that. Isaiah 46. Hallelujah. Say, God is a performer. Hallelujah. He's a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. He's a way maker. He is the one that fulfills the word for me on my behalf. Jesus is my high priest. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1, consider him, Jesus, your high priest, the apostle and the high priest of our confession. Which means what? He is a person. He has been sent by God. He is, and he's been authorized by God to bring fulfillment to the words that come out of your mouth when they agree with his. The Bible says in another place, if you, Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you with the Father. And do you believe he's in right standing with the Father? Hallelujah. Are you with me? Glory to God. So Isaiah chapter 46 and verse 11. Ah, let's read verse 10. Declaring God. I'm God. There's none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not that are not yet done saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all of my pleasure. Faith pleases God. Calling a waveless bird from the east the man that executed my counsel from a far counsel, from a far country. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Swallow that one. <laughs> Yea, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. Amen. I have purposed it. I will also do it. Amen. He is a performer. We are in the day and in the hour of fulfillment. You know the Bible said God said to Paul said to um, Timothy, fight with the prophecies that went before concerning you. And that applies to that financial arena we're talking about. But that applies to every word that is settled in heaven that you are standing with. Fight with it. Because he said it. He will perform it. He watches over it. Glory to God. Responsibility is his, is his issue. But you've got to magnify God above all else. You've got to make him big. You've got to make him bigger than the problem. You've got to make him your focus. Looking on to Jesus. You know the Bible says, Bible speaks at the time when the serpents were, 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 were in the wilderness, when they were, they got into trouble and serpents were biting them and they were dying. Can you imagine you are in an environment where people, I mean, there's a whole bunch of people, folks are dying. You hear a scream over there. That was in their view. 
You say your next fear before that, you can get over that one, another one is gone. Another one is gone. And then here comes Moses with a serpent, a brazen serpent and a pole and a stick in order to stop this plague and people being bitten by serpents. And he lifted up. And he said, and the Bible says, everyone that will, and he said, look at the serpent. And everyone that looked on the serpent shall live. And I don't know if he, he said to them, look at the serpent and you're going to live. Or he just says, look at the serpent. Now we know that was the type of Christ. The symbol of, 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 the, of help with that snake on the cross that they come from. And that stick. He said, look at the serpent. Can you imagine? Here you have all these circumstances. Somebody over there scream. Somebody over there. Another one over there screaming. Another one just died. Another one bite the dust. And all of this is happening all around you. This is a chaos, and you got to look at the serpent. You mean something a little wiggly. Ah. <laughs> but you got to keep looking at this serpent. You got to keep looking at this here. Well, that's what it is. The Bible says, looking on to Jesus, the author and the finish of your faith. Hallelujah. Irregardless of the circumstances, irregardless of the feelings, irregardless of some tickle. <laughs> Irregardless of the pain, irregardless of the scream, irregardless of the testimony of somebody has died. Are you with me? Hallelujah. It is God that performs. You must magnify God above all of his work. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 17. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 17. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 7 verse 17. Listen to this verse. If you shall say in your heart, these nations are more than I, how can I dispossess them? The Amplified says, if you say in your mind and in your heart, these nations, these problems, these storms, these challenges, these doctors' reports are greater than I am. How can we dispossess them? Now, let, let me break this down. It, on one level, it sounds as if you say, if you say all of these problems is bigger than me, well, how can I, how, 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 and how can I dispossess them? And to some degree, that is so. Because if you see yourself in God, it's a different meaning. But it is also saying, and I think this is what it's saying more than anything else. If you see this problem, if you see the enemy, if you see these challenges, if you see these symptoms, if you see these storms, if you see these circumstances bigger than God is, if you make a bigger deal of that, if you magnify that, and it's bigger than God, guess what? God will not be able to dispossess them. God will not be able to drive them out. God will not be able to bring fulfillment to the promise and the desire of your heart. Are you with me? That's very, that's, that's not good news. <laughs> What's that? Right? In other words, if you magnify the problem, God says, if you make that bigger than me, greater than I am, I'm not going to be able to defeat the enemy for you. I'm not going to be able to bring fulfillment to the promises. Is it because he doesn't have the ability? No, because he doesn't have your faith to work with. 
The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2, a promise being left them of entering into his rest, they came short. Why? Because they didn't mix it with faith. Amen? Amen. They didn't mix it with faith. But what is the secret to this faith? See what exists in the realm of the spirit. And, and, not, and, and call those things that be not down here the way it is in the spirit. Amen. What is the secret of this faith? Don't consider and magnify the problem, but consider and magnify God. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to Hallelujah. God. Let's seek about shaking about. Ha ha ha. It's necessary. Because without it, God can perform. Yes. Maximize God. Minimize the symptoms. Lest you hinder or you abort your miracle. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Peter was doing pretty good. Walking on water. Amen. Mm -hmm. hey, hey, yo, you ever try that? No. I mean, this dude was walking on water. <laughs> and he was actually walking on the word that Jesus said when Jesus said come. And he was doing good. And he was looking to Jesus. But then all of a sudden, he got his eye off. He began to hear that wind. And he thought, what was that? And then he turned. And when he turned, and then he saw the waves. Ah, now he began to get totally giddy. He began to see those waves. He took his eyes off, the, off Jesus. And the Bible says he began to sink. Amen? Looking onto Jesus. And that caused the problem. Because when you look at the problems and you meditate and you consider that, unbelief, fear, anxiety, worry begins to rise up in your heart. And now... Your faith is short-circuiting. Instead of your faith reaching out to God, your faith is trying to overcome doubt and unbelief. Can you see that? Yeah. All right. Let's visit our friend Jonah. Jonah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. They that trust in the Lord shall not be ashamed. They shall not be disappointed. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. But the Bible says that he will work a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory in us. While we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. James chapter 1 and verse 25 says... It was talking about being a doer of the word. And then it goes on to say in James verse 25, but whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty, into the perfect law that produces freedom and continues, stays with it. He not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word. There is a word when it comes to this word. You've got to labor in that word to come to this place. To come to this place of, 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 um, of faith at times. Mm -hmm. yes. Amen? Yes. The Bible says you got to labor to enter into this place of rest. How do you do that? Taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Yes. Which is sharper than any two-edged sword. Hebrews 4, verse 11 and 12, but we'll come back to that. But again, James 1, 25, we headed to Jonah. Whosoever looking into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. This man is going to be blessed in his deed. This man is going to have good success. Amen. 
Why? Because he looks at the perfect law of liberty, binds himself to it, refuses to say, speak, or think otherwise. He orders this conversation alright. And as a result, God demonstrates his salvation and his deliverance. God performs on his behalf and he is blessed. He is prosperous. He is successful. Amen? Amen. Where you look, say where I look. Is on to Jesus. Is on to the word. Is it to what is finished. Alright. And especially when you're in the storm. Especially if you're in the belly of the Big fish. Amen? Amen. Where there's just nothing but darkness wrong about you. That's when you really need to see Jesus. Amen. That's when you really need to hear the word of God. <laughs> Alright, Jonah chapter 2. Let me read it. Let's read this from verse 1. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. And he said, I cried by reason of my affliction, the pressure. I cried out to the Lord. And by the way, the Lord knows how to deliver the righteous out of temptation. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers him out of them all. You've got to have the word of God. And he heard it, and God heard me. Out of the belly of hell, cried I, and you heard my voice. And you have cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas. And the floods come past me about. All thy billows and thy waves Passed, off, passed over me. But then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. Yet will I look again towards thy holy temple. The waters come past me about even to the soul. The depth closed me around about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I came down to the bottoms of the mountains, the earth with her bars and, her, and about, me, about me ever. Yet has thou brought me up, has brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. Amen? When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. I brought the Lord to the forefront of my thinking. That's what we remember. Remember to bring something to the forefront of your thinking. Isn't that right? We, when we have communion, we remember. We bring certain things to the front of our thinking. We remember that we, part, we have a part, an intimate participation in the body and in the blood. Amen? And I remember the Lord in my prayer came in unto thee, into thy holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercies. And that's the important verse. But I have a, in other words, they that observe lying vanities, they that look at the circumstances, and they believe the circumstances. They that can feel the seaweed around their neck. And they believe that there, that lying vanity. Then they look into the doctors and, they, uh, and all of those symptoms and all of that. And if they believe that, and they don't see it as a lying vanity, if they believe that above the word of God, then hear what happens. They forsake the mercy of God. The mercy of God, the one that gets you out of that situation, is stopped. Why? Because you're magnifying the situation more than you are him. Amen? Amen. You're believing that to be the truth. It may be the facts, but it's not the truth. The truth is what is settled in heaven. Amen. And the truth will triumph the facts. Amen. Amen? But you got to know how to take the truth and attach your faith to it and change what are the facts. 
What are the circumstances? What is the doctor's report? It is not denial. It is not denial. It's faith. Hallelujah. And then it says, and so, so, so John realizing that, he said, I'm, but I will, what am I going to do? I'm going to sacrifice unto you, O Lord, with the voice of thanksgiving. He, will, he says, I'll sacrifice with you to the voice of thanksgiving. And I believe he began to abound in thanksgiving and begin to praise and bless and magnify the Lord. He says, and I have vowed salvation is of the Lord. God is my deliverance. God is what could get me out of this situation. And the Lord spoke to the fish. And it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Who performed it? God did. Why did he perform it? The faith that Jonah released. How did Jonah get that kind of faith? How did it work? He was not dominated by the environment and the circumstances, but he began to see God as his salvation, as his deliverance. And he decided that what I'm experiencing here in the natural is nothing but a lying vanity. And I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When the Bible says in, in, in early verse, verse that um, he remembered the Lord. That means, and, and the, Amplified, the Amplified says, he earnestly and seriously remembered the Lord. That's a form of meditation. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2 verse 7, that when you consider what the Lord says, he will give you understanding. Jonah did not deny his circumstances. Abram did not deny that he was 100 years old or the deadness of Sarah's womb. Sarah did not deny the deadness of her womb, but she counted God faithful. She decided that I believe not only what the word said, that, that I'm a princess and a mother of many nations, but I believe he is faithful. He's going to watch over this word to perform it. Shabbat says he judged God faithful. Hebrews 11, 11. It's not a matter of denial. But he looked to God. Consider him. Faith is not denial. Faith is not denial. We do not, we do not, um, we do not act as if, and he said, you know what? We're not going to face the obstacle. We're going to deny it. No. But faith, faith is not denial. Faith operates in the realm where it knows greater is he that is in me. He knows the Lord is my salvation. He knows he magnifies God above all else. He knows the word is settled in heaven. He knows everything has been reconciled by the sacrifice of his cross. He knows what is finished because of the sacrifice. Denial and ignoring the circumstances and hoping that they're just going to go away. Now, that is not going to go away. That's foolishness. That's not faith. What, the, what does the word say? In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he'll direct your paths. The acknowledgement of the truth produces the God kind of life. Titus 1 verse 1. Yeah. 2 Timothy 4 verse 15. <laughs> says all things are for your sakes. In other words, even this being in the belly of the way, this rough situation... It's for my sake. What do you mean it's for my sake? I better believe in this midst of all of this situation that I'm coming out of this victorious. I'm coming out of this test with a testimony. Amen. I'm coming out of this and I'm going to be enlarged. I'm coming out of this situation and I am going to, it's going to be a place of growth. Yes, 
and maturity. Are you with me? I remember one time when I learned this scripture in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 15, all things are for your sakes. That means if the others are for your sake, you're going to have to come to the Lord joy. And we were, we had gone to a mission trip in Mexico. My wife and I, we were coming back. It was in January. Around this, around this time, actually. Coming back, and then all, and then we, we went to San Antonio, got a plane, no, I had to, whichever, whatever. Anyway, we went to Dallas to get a plane from Dallas, and the snow, the snow started. Flights start canceling everywhere. And, and I mean, and I remember saying, okay, go over to some other particular place to see if you could get this other flight. And we went out this airport door. When we went out the door, we couldn't come back in. And we ended up going around the others, walking way up there in the cold, right? Coming back in. And this is Chicago cold. No, not Chicago. This is, yeah, this is Dallas cold. Come back in, get back in line, bow around, and go through all. And in the meantime, I had, I had had, at least I thought I had this revelation all things are for your sakes. And man, this thing feels good at all. And I'm standing on that. This too is for my sake. And that's just, that is, at least, at least it bridled me from, 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 from really getting into a negative zone. And this went on. Then I think we ended up having to stay over the extra night in the hotel. And then my sister started trying to get a flight for us from somewhere else and this and that. And next thing you know, next day we went back trying to get on a flight. The only way we could get, uh, we had to come north is we had to go south. <laughs> Can you imagine that? We had to get a plane that is going in the opposite direction to Canada and then get another flight to get here. Right? And got back the next day. But I say that to point out that even in the midst of the storm and whatever the situation might be, you have set your heart that I am not going to murmur, I'm not going to complain, I'm going to believe God, I'm going to trust God, I'm not going to lean on my own understanding, even when it don't make sense, I'm just going to believe what is finished, I'm just going to believe the word of God, and I'm just going to abound and give God thanksgiving if I don't know what else to do. Amen? Amen? I'm just going to magnify his name. And, and, the, and the Bible says, um, Jonah, begin to offer unto the Lord a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Let me, let me close here. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 12, sorry, verse 1. It says, wherefore, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses that went before us. Jonah, Sarah, Abraham, David. Let us lay aside every weight and this, the sin of unbelief, which should so easily beset us. And let us run with patience, perseverance. Remember, I was saying person, the perseverance of Christ. No quit. It is patience, it is steadfastness, but it is also a violent aggression in the application of the word of God. Amen? We're taking action on it. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking on to Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him. I mean, he was, was Jesus dealing with some stuff? Yes. Was he, did he have some tests and some pressures on him? Yes. But where was he looking? He wasn't examining that wound. But he was, he was, eyes were set on the joy that was beyond the cross. He endured it for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. Despising the shame. 
despising it, seeing it as little in comparison. And it sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. He won. Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Consider him, lest you become weary and you faint in your minds. Consider him. He won. He is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Well, guess what? You are seated at the right hand of the Father. You win even before the battle. <laughs> you are born a winner. Amen. You are born, and here you are. You are already at a place where Jesus is because of his victory. The right hand of the Father, and you there. Whosoever is born of God overcoming the world. So you see, we deal with our situation from a place of victory. We deal with our situation from a place where it is finished. We deal from a situation according to what already exists, according to what is already settled in heaven. And we look unto Jesus. We look unto the word. And then and then and as the faith kicks in. That's what faith is about. And then we remain there, and we be persevering, and we be patient, and through faith and patience, we obtain the promise. So that those things which do appear that were against us, they too will change, Amen. and come in line, and we get manifestation. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what it takes. How do you function in God's faith? That's how it works. Amen? Now we're going to stop here, and then we're going to pick up and go on at another time. We're going to pick up and go on, Lord willing, next week. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to Praise God. the Lord God Almighty. Yeah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We bless you. We worship you. We magnify you. Your word is our deliverance. Your word is our help. You uphold all things by the word of your power. And if we are standing on your word, we can never fall because you are holding us. Hallelujah. So we stand on your word today. Any situation, any challenge that we face, we've got your word. You are able to deliver us. You are able to bring freedom. You are able to bring manifestations of salvation and deliverance and wholeness. Your arm is not short that you cannot see. Your ear is not deaf that you do not hear. But your ears are open unto the cries and the prayers and, and, and the declarations of the righteous. We are righteous. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. We have this platform for our faith. We can operate and we can function in this oneness with Christ. We can operate from this place, Lord. From this place where we are seated. Thank you, Father. You have given us faith. You have given us a supernatural ability to call those things that be not as though they were. You have given us the mind of Christ so that we can think the way you do. We can see as you see and we can consider not the circumstances and be fixated on that. But we can look on to Jesus. We can look on to your word. You have given on to us faith. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory.